Hi folks, Dude to Joe, and I just wanted to say, hope you all are having a wonderful, spooky month of October. We hope you are enjoying the double feature recommendations uh, that Richard and I have been providing. But today, the normal rules do apply. The opinions are our own opinions, and nobody under 18 should be listening to our show. But normally, we talk about two movies each episode, maybe more. Sometimes we go overboard and talk about a bunch of movies. However, this time, we are doing something a little different. We are talking about a single movie that has had a tremendous impact on horror films and cinema itself. This is the Two Dudes Review of Nosferatu. Welcome, everyone, to a Two Dudes special presentation of Nosferatu, I guess. I don't know. We're just kind of winging whatever this is, but yeah. it's a special presentation. Yes. <laughs> in, in truth, it's really just like Joey has been having this weird itch, and I'm helping him scratch it. Yes, uh, which we will explain in a second. Um, obviously, uh, the man, the lovely man who just introduced everything richard purnell uh dude, Hi. dude one himself that's me that is you <laughs> and i'm dude two joe that's also true that is, that is also a fact that's a fact jack and we're uh we're talking about nosferatu that's it <laughs> that's it yeah this is it's gonna be different for us um I did. This whole this whole thing is different. I know. First I'm, I'm sorry, Rich. I, I wanted I want us to spread our wings and try one film for once. <laughs> it's just less work. So it helps. I'm sure it helps. Um, but before we get into our special uh, discussion presentation on Nosferatu, um, how are you doing? Confused. <laughs> fair. Fair. <laughs> no, um, no, it's just it, it just sort of happened. Like, cause a while ago you had asked me if uh, I wanted to talk about this movie because it's the hundredth anniversary of it, and or it's, is it coming up or did it already happened? It happened. This this year is the hundredth anniversary of uh, of this film. Okay, and um, on top of all that, you know, because we have a Disney trip coming up. I don't know when this is gonna go up at all this is really a determination of joey's i think this is sometime in october um it'll be in so october we'll, at some have, point. we'll have gotten back by the time you hear this yeah but because there's a lot of like scrambling going on with that a little bit because i don't think either of us are prepared for that <laughs> so <No>. like, <laughs> so then like um i'm i i'm coming home today and joey's sending me gifts from the movie Nosferatu, and I'm like, I think he's asking me a question. <laughs> and then, it, and then it just led to him going, "Do you want to record a conversation about it?" And I'm like, "Okay, well, what do we call it?" And he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> so, but yeah, we're so we're you just... know, I'm I, I'm down for whatever, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. But I, I'm doing this for you, really. I do this yeah. for my friend. How well? How how are you doing, though? I'm fine. You know, uh, it's it's Thursday. I'm looking forward to the end of the week. Got to get ready for Disney. I'm actually going to see Amadeus in 35 millimeter tomorrow. I'm so stoked. You're just it's just, it's just Joey Palooza right now. It's it, it's Joey we're talking Palooza. about Nosferatu, <laughs> and then he's gonna go see Amadeus, and then the next day he's gonna watch Amadeus again with his girlfriend. Yes, yes. Oh, damn, what what's Sunday got in store? Are you gonna rest that day? I'm like, gonna s- like like <laughs> more than likely <laughs> communicate with you, watch a movie yeah. with you of some sort because we got to get these Halloween episodes. On the, on the road, you know. This is true. But at least at least the next uh, couple have already been recorded, so that's nice. Yes, this is true. This this is extremely helpful, and I'm, I'm actually about, like, a third of the way through editing the first half of um, what will eventually become our Top Tron Maverick episode. Oh. Uh, I hope... I hope that one is is enjoyed by the one listener that we have. <laughs> Maybe three. One of those is Brian from Idaho. The other one is Allison. One is Lack of Laughs on Instagram. If they still listen, I don't know. I hope they do. W- Wikey sometimes listens. Wikey does sometimes listen. Hi, Wikey. How you doing? You know, and Gifford Gifford's listening. You know. Uh, oh yeah, Gifford like Gif- Gifford sends us messages all the time, like about. He, he he's listening to our Lord of the Rings episode and was really confounded by the opening of the Gollum's of the of Gollum and Smeagol, which was perfect reaction that you could have. To that. Listen, I had fun. I, I had a ton of fun recording that. That was a good. That was, that was just a good time. Um, so with that out of the way, um, let's let's get on with our pre with our uh, special f- presentation tonight whatever this is whatever this is listen because i do want to try to do more like experimental stuff like this where we just like we talk about like a movie listen the original plan was to discuss this actually what was it with dracula 1972 ad or whatever it was called this was a play double feature but then um uh we got a suggestion from our friend gifford which i think at this point if it's if it's after halloween then people should already know by now Yes, that we did that episode um, where we talked about eraser hand, uh, eraser hands, uh, eraser head, and Edward Scissor hands. <laughs> um, and uh, oh my we were God. like, "Yeah, let's do an episode for GIF. It's a good time. Why not?" Yeah. And uh, we moved this episode out of the way, but then Joey again had this itch, this desire, almost like he was, "Oh God, the Wi-Fi is bad." The wi- now, the, now Joey is back. But Joey had Joey had this craving as if for blood. He was going to stop doing that. <laughs> Joey, <laughs> Joey. Mm-hmm. But uh, so we're here. We haven't even we. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're talking about Nosferatu, which is a silent movie from. 1922 um directed by fw murnau and starring the likes of shit i put the box away max um, shrek. shrek greta schroeder that's one <laughs> and is there another person who's 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 hutter who's that guy 
I don't know, man. <laughs> he's, he's just some guy. <laughs> let, me, let me look at this. Um, uh, Gustav von Wangerheim. Wagenheim. Wangenheim. Wagenheim? Wangenheim. Listen, you Wagenheim. <laughs> I don't know if the descendants of Mr. Von Wangenheim, Wangenheim whatever you say his name, are going to appreciate us talking about him like this. Listen, Mr. Wagenheim. It's okay. I thought his name was Butter the whole time. This is, this is true because the way that the inner titles are written in this movie. Um, no, but Nosferatu is a very not- is a notable movie for a number of reasons. One, it is um, it, it's it's regarded as a spooky movie, a German expressionist movie directed by F. W. Murnau, one of the I think one of the greatest uh, directors. I mean, in addition to directing, it's like this wasn't like a one one sh- one hit wonder kind of thing, like. He went on to direct Faust. Um, he directed uh, what you call it, The Last Laugh, which is an exceptional movie. He also directed um, a movie called Sunrise: Song of Two Humans, which is the only um, movie to ever win the special Oscar for most unique and artistic production, which is sort of like nice. the other Best Picture winner of that time because Wings won what we consider to be like Best Picture in, in the twenties, right? Um, but this was made in Germany, um, and the real notoriety with this one is the fact that it, it is an unauthorized um, adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is, these are facts. Um, I'm just trying to think of something to say. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Richard, would you rather we do this another day? No, no, I'm here. Let's do it. Okay, okay. No, um, but Nosferatu, um, again, like, n- like adapted from Dracula, okay? And now Dracula, obviously, is a very famous book. It's never been out of print, like, nope. which is pretty wild for a book that's well over 100 years old. And, um... You know, so this was an unauthorized adaptation, which upset Bram Stoker's widow very much. So she sued the company that produced Nosferatu, and uh, she or- they ordered basically that all the co- copies of this movie to be destroyed, which um, did not happen because we are talking about the movie tonight. It exists. It's real. Honestly, I think that's part of my like appreciation for this movie is this could have been gone. Like, this movie and its influence and all that, it could have easily just been wiped away. They could have called it the People's Dracula. The People's Dracula. <laughs> yes, as we're recording this, uh, there was the, uh, what was it, the People's Joker, which... Uh, the People's Joker. Which was um, removed from a festival because of, uh, you know, rights issues. Copyrights. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's still still an issue today, actually, which is kind of, kind of hysterical when you think about it. Like, people, like... It's sort of like, it feels like a renegade move on some filmmakers' parts to just make an adaptation of something without permission, which seems to happen more often than not. Yeah. Yes. Like, I like remember when Shia LaBeouf did that, like, ad, like adaptation of, uh, of a Daniel Close book or whatever, like a short film or whatever he did? I think it's Daniel vaguely. Close. I think that's how you pronounce Va- it. Vaguely. <clears throat> and, he, and he didn't get... Uh, permission from the 
the people who did the story is the whole, it was a whole thing wow like unless unless you're like a musician and you're like sampling tracks from other songs which is like so common in the music industry to do it with movies is just weird yeah because you know like again with like the whole people's joker thing like they just kind of you know made this movie i i haven't seen it you know um i know it has its whole I think it's getting kind of an audience now, now that it's getting a little bit more um, traction from like uh, different websites and different entertainment places and stuff. And uh, it's, it's just kind of, it's just kind of funny to think that like you were saying, like this is something that still happens to this day. And it's, it's weird to think that this was cause like when I first heard of Nosferatu, I wasn't even thinking of Dracula. I was just like, Oh, it's just like another vampire thing. But no, it's like it is straight up Dracula. Like the story is the same, but the names have changed. Yes, the locations have changed, but like they still they're still in Transylvania. Um, there's still a guy going to talk to someone about real estate, mm-hmm. and there's still people that won't go to the guy's house because he's spooky, spooky guy, and they're they're all afraid of him, you know. But it, it's it's interesting, like because obviously there are definitely a lot of like dracula parallels and similarities but this changes a lot too like Mm -hmm. you know remember like like the but like the guys at like in dracula that are like they sort of like a bro squad that with (laughs) along with van helsing to go after dracula that's not really that's not really in this like there's like other supporting characters where for the life of me i couldn't tell you their names honestly like they're a bunch of like bearded bearded mustachio although there are two guys there was like a security guy with like a really funny mustache and a guy with like a, a funny fake beard that I thought was uh, kind of amusing. The f- the facial hair in this movie is is without a doubt one of my favorite things. <laughs> the just, facial hair, the eyebrows, man. The the so thick and furry. Uh I could I could I could just go ooh just <laughs> But it also it also adds to sort of like the German expressionistic like there's just something a little bit off about what's going yeah. on because obviously the main like weird thing is count orlock played by max shrek but like knock like n- we like there's sometimes where i think knock is scarier than nosferatu than the, the than the actual vampire my mom called him ed asner i that's a, <laughs> that's a pretty accurate assumption like you look at him and you're like i get it he's kind of like if ed asner and danny devito as the penguin yes came together I, I i can see i can see that for sure and it's also a thing, too, where you can kind of see, like, speaking of, like, makes, Danny DeVito brought this up, makes you think, again, Tim Burton, you know, some of the, like, this isn't quite as, like, drastic as something like Caligari, which we talked about, um, which we will talk about in October. Um, mm. But, like, it, there are, it's definitely there when you look at, like, sort of, like, deep into the background. There's just something just a little bit off about, like, the architecture, the performances. Even are just, the buildings. The buildings. You know, yeah. like, are slightly, like, they're not, yeah, like you were saying, they're not, like, drastically arched or, like, crooked in any way. It's just literally, like, slightly leaned. Yeah. Like, it's almost, like, uh, about to fall over, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right. I think about, mm-hmm. like, um... Orlok's castle in the beginning, like the tower on on Orlok's castle, especially looks like pretty pretty wild. Um, and like the doors, it, <laughs> like it, just... it, it, it kind of, like the tower kind of looks like. Imagine if the ground 
had like a rocket like stuck in it and the rocket went off and like the ground just didn't let go right and it was just stretched up mm-hmm. like putty yeah 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 but like and then like you think like Van Hel- like Van Helsing would play like a bigger pole or, or like this movie's version of Van Helsing would play a bigger role in this and it doesn't not quite you know no. it's which I think is um is interesting I also found interesting too is they like compared to other versions of Dracula they spend a lot of time there's a lot of time spent in Transylvania um you know because obviously if you're not familiar with Dracula you know Harker the character and he, you know, Harker or you know Renfield, depending on which version you're watching, they're going Hutter. To, Hutter in this case, um, they go to Transylvania to meet with Dracula, or in this case, Count Orlock, um, and because he wants to move to another country, and I feel mm-hmm. like um, there's there's a lot, a lot of time spent in there, and you really get a a sense of how freaky Dracula is, or Orlock in this again. I'm gonna switch between the two names because you know some basically the same thing. And actually, if I'm, I, I thought I heard that there were some prints that just sort of just straight up made it Dracula, uh, and just like uh, Richard right now is impersonating Max Schreck's performance. Uh, he kind of looks like a, like a rat, which that's the uh. other thing I want to talk. Like one of the big things too. Like we talked about the perform a couple performances we have. You have to talk about Max Schreck because it is such an iconic look. And it's mm-hmm. it's kind of some like because when you think about Dracula generally, you think of somebody who's a little more sophisticated. Bella, you think of Bella, even like Christopher. You think Lee. of Bella, even Christopher Lee, I think is up there. You know, somebody sophisticated and well dressed. This guy looks like he's been in a Gollum's coffin. dad. Looks like Gollum's <laughs> dad. That's actually really perfect. That's better than anything yeah. I could have ever said. Um, <laughs> he's Gollum's dad. Like just. The way his hands are, they're, like, arched on top of each other. He's always, like, internalized. Yeah. It seems like. Mm-hmm. And it, he, I don't think he even has a neck. No, it's just kind which of... Which is sort of, like, ironic, because he's a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. And you wonder, how did how did that happen? Um, but, you know, I, I think, like, Max Shrek is, of course, extremely iconic. Like, that makeup and his, his performance are well-known. I mean, listen, our generation knows him best... For appearing Sponge in SpongeBob, Nosferatu. <laughs> Richard is it, smiling creepily. Um, he's the guy that flicks. He's flicking the lights. You know, um, it, it just so it's just kind of goes to show you like that that character has some still ha- had some kind of cultural standing, or at least the creators of that show were like, you know what, <laughs> and like he still gets referenced too. Like, uh, I mean, we were talking earlier when we were watching the movie that. Um, because uh, Joey was asking me about the character from What We Do in the Shadows, the movie What We Do in the Shadows, because yeah. there's a reference to a, a Nosferatu like vampire named Peter, mm. and like <laughs> basically all he does is that he just stays in the basement, <laughs> and he's just stays in his like tomb basically that he has, and periodically they'll bring chickens down for him to eat. Right, and um, he actually ends up dying. Spoiler alert. Uh, which is very sad, but it seems like too, and I think other, I, I I imagine other vampire stories sort of do the same thing. But like they they kind of make that character and, and what we do in the shadows like he's the oldest vampire. Yeah, you know that's sort of like like when you look at 
um, a lot of different vampire things, and you see, like, the elders, like, I think of Underworld a little bit, and you see, like, the elder vampires, they're meant to look more, like, beastly, mm-hmm. or more, like, monstrous, because that's kind of what they're doing with uh, Orlock in that, like, he does have the rat features, like, he has a little bit more hair, like, he has those hair, the hair, like, on top of his ears, like, yeah. you know that? Mm-hmm. Which is always kind of like, ooh. His fingernails. His fingernails are, like, extremely long, so he's 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 definitely more monster-like, so that sort of has evolved through the storytelling uh, generations, people telling vampire stories, like, this is what old-school vampires look like, you know? Like, even, and it's funny, too, like, even when you go to, like, the Dracula stuff, when you think of, like, Bella, or you think of Christopher Lee, and, like, we watch Twilight, and going through those movies, like, the elder vampires are, like, very well-dressed, sort of Victorian-era-looking vampires, and so it's almost like, it's, again, like, it's a generational thing, like, when you think of, like, vampire stories, that this is what old vampires look like, this is what really old vampires look like. Right, it's, like, a callback to the previous, like, you know era um but like yeah it, it is sort of like the mo- like a monster it definitely has more of a visage of a monster because in a lot of other versions like the vampire is sort of a sexy kind of thing you know it's an, it's an it's an enticing thing it's like come to me yeah come to me whereas you, know? you look at this dude and he needs hypnotism to get somebody because listen <laughs> nobody's touching that with a 10-foot pole sorry like you there's know. there's gonna be that one person that's like, you're beautiful on the inside. I can change him. <laughs> he he he's gonna he. I'm sure he has his bell. <laughs> must 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 be must be a brave person. But um, anyway, like he, it's sort of like that character. Like that character has become iconic and is extremely monstrous. But there are some fun moments, like when he's popping out of the like the bottom of the ship, and he's sort of smiling as he pops out. Or the one, the one that you loved is it when he's carrying his own coffin. That's just so silly. It's it's so funny. It's just it's it's definitely one of those like unintentionally funny moments where all he is is just he's walking around um, Germany uh, after he's gotten off the boat and killed everybody, <laughs> and he's just walking around Germany. Yeah, and he's he's literally carrying his own coffin. I don't know if it was like it's meant to show his strength or something, and they they sort of lead into it. By talking about how, like, some vampires will, like, sleep with their own, like, the dirt they were buried with. Because, right. you know, it gives them their, like, shadowy powers. Mm-hmm. Which they, they do reference in, in modern vampire stories. But uh, in this case, it was just sort of funny to see that <laughs> and to see him. And it's, there's so many shots of it, too. It's just him just walking, like, with a big old I smile. I feel like that's most of his scenes like a, like a quarter of his scenes is just I think one of my favorite ones is like when the film is like sped up um mm. or, or or like it's almost like a stop motion kind of thing where it's like he's like super speed like putting the coffins on a cart and then just getting in the coffin and then the the coffin lid sort of levitates onto his coffin <laughs> just it's just it's so, it's so goofy um I do want to mention. I do want to mention though, because I was kind of reading a little bit about this, and it kind of unfortunately makes sense. <laughs> but people have have mm. have thought that this sort of also has like anti-Semitic undertones, um, because of the way um, Orlock looks, um, just for stereotypical, yeah. like a very stereotypical, unfortunately, like stereotypical look. And again, there are a lot. There, I think there's. Um, I think there's a book even was a Caligari to Hitler. 
or something like mm-hmm. or something like that talking about like sort of german expressionism sort of like revealing sort of like the rise of sort of t- looking at like the sort of inside look at the psyche of germany sort of pre hitler but also after world war 1 I think it's it kind of makes me think of you know like a lot of the conversation around like um, in fantasy with some of the ways some like fantasy characters are depicted like immediately the first thing that comes to mind is Harry Potter because if you go to those movies and you see the when you go to the Gringotts bank and you see all the goblins there all of them look like uh, stereotypical caricatures of Jewish people that they would use back in the day right. And so, and like you see so many people bring it up, but like again, if you're not Jewish or you're not in, if you're, if you have no connection to that, you're not thinking of that. But then, like, when you realize you're like, oh shit. But it's also, I mean, again, I was actually funny you mentioned that too. Dungeon and Dragons has an issue, has sort of a thing with that too, where it's like it's hard to like sort of separate from those just like stereotypes for certain races um, in, yeah. in that game. You know, um, again, you know, just something to touch on with this uh, with this movie, um, something to, to, to make note of that I thought was kind of interesting. But um, as far as like the acting goes, I think the other highlight for me, and I was saying this to you while we we're watching the movie and I didn't think about it really until until really this viewing. I think I got to give credit to Greta Schroeder, who plays Ellen, who's kind of like the Mina of the movie. She's the Winona Ryder. Winona, Winona Ryder, um, like, obviously, like, in a silent movie, I'm used to silent movies, and, like, everybody's usually, like, a little, there's a little over-the-topness, because a lot of people are, like, theater actors, and it's just a different era, but, like, I felt like she gave, perhaps, the most natural performance, while also still, like, there's still a little, like, a heightened aspect to it, because, obviously, she's in, t- but, like, yeah, like, there's scenes of her, like, obviously, early on, when, when um, Hutter has to leave, and she's very distraught about this, you know, mm. but it isn't like, I don't feel like it's so overbearing. And then even later on when she's being like sort of tormented by Orlok, you know, I think she really knocks it out of the park, honestly. And she's very good. I think she's very good. I think, um, definitely, I think credit should be paid to, um, to her for sure. Um, I think I'll be was, completely honest. Yeah, I don't care about Hutter that much. <laughs> no, Hutter. I mean, again, I, I like Hutter is just kind of he's so goofy in this. It's so funny. <laughs> Anytime he wakes up and he does the classic arm stretch. Da, 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 da. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, that's that that goes that music uh, absolutely to a T. Um, you know, and we we follow him a lot of this movie, so it's just, you're just kind of like okay. All right, like come on, butter. <laughs> like we had we had fun, but also it's just like, like come on, butter. Not the strongest, <laughs> not the strongest element um of the movie. But also, what's also nah. amazing too is that she dies. Mm-hmm. Like it's a tragic ending. It's a tragic ending, and it's like I forgot about that. That's actually that's really, really sad. And there, I mean, I, I want to know, know one of my other favorite shots in the movie when she's sort of on like on the sand dunes. And there's a bunch of crosses on the um, on the sand dunes, and she's sit, sitting there. She's looking out at the water, just sad. It's just some, like, really nice shots. Some nice shots of mountains and landscape um, in this movie. Obviously, there's some nice, like, haunting imagery as well. Like, later on in the movie, there's, like, talk of a plague because of Count Orlok. I feel like that's sort of where the, the lead-in is in this take. 
yeah. is because we were talking about how this was a couple of years after the Spanish flu was introduced. Yeah. And, and you know, and obviously there's some modern relevancy to that. Yeah, that's right. I'm bringing up COVID again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think about the scene, like the scenes where they ca- they're carrying the coffins down the street and like the streets are just completely empty. And I'm like, those were some really like, I thought some really effective, um, effective shots, um, in the movie. Relevant. And relevant, uh, relevant to today's con a hundred years ago, um, Murnau <laughs> unintentionally predicted the future. Um, yeah, you know, and now, and, and, and it, like, again, it's sorry. Um, it's just no. funny to like, think of, think of the movie with this movie within that context, because now obviously we're getting so many movies that are sort of warped or changed somewhat because of this time period that we're in, you know, with the pandemic and everything and the conversations that are being thrown out there. And I mean, obviously we see it in everyday life sometimes more sometimes these days, as opposed to earlier on when it was like often and uh, you know, with movies and this is something I've mentioned to you when we were initially starting doing the show is just how interesting movies, like how interesting is it going to be when movies are really sort of responding to the time period that went like that's what i thought of when i was watching three thousand years of longing the new george miller movie because that movie feels like a movie even though they were planning on making it regardless it really does feel like a movie that was made for like a pandemic era yes and i'm sure the pandemic really heightened the the storytelling aspect of it and there's like whole scenes where characters are wearing masks and they don't shy away from it like other movies would do and so in the case of this movie, I mean, you know, I'm sure they were just coming off the heels of all that stuff. And so now they're, it's really in, in the, in the mindset of everybody making this movie and what better metaphor for a plague than a vampire. Yeah. It's, cr- it's kind of crazy to think about this movie within that context. Cause I mean, you don't really initially, but given, given our current time period, you can't help but do it. No, at least I can't. Uh, other people might be like, what COVID was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> this movie has like color tinting, which is something we don't talk about too often on the show because we've only talked about really a handful of silent movies and I think only one of them this was like to, color tinted. This, this is definitely a, a detriment of Joey's and I promise we will get more silent movies. I, I appreciate that. Um I'm 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 just glad we're we're getting this and we have Caligari this month. So that's I that I think that's gonna help fill the quota for a while. You know, like the color tinting, I, I I forgot how much day for night is in this movie. It's it's kind it kind of throws you off a little bit because you're like, wait, it's day it's nighttime right now, and then like someone like a title a title card has to show up and say it is past midnight and you've arrived at my castle. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Verbatim, that's what it said. I'm just telling you. <laughs> true story. True story. <laughs> Yeah, like it's it's kind of wild, and it's it, it's almost one of those things where I don't know. As as far as your experience with silent movies, do you prefer like the color tinting, or do you like what just watching a straight up like black and white print? I'm still not used to silent movies. I think, if I'm being honest, mm. so, to have like a preference because I think I'm 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 used to it being black and white because that's just what's always been presented to me, right? For the most part, because like I can't like for the life of me, I can't even think of another movie that really utilize color tinting as much as this one. Cause like, especially when we think about the ones that we've talked about, you know, they've pretty much all been black and white. And I think Caligari was black and white and 
Metropolis was black and white because those are the ones that I'm more familiar with. I thought there was tinting in, or at least might, or at least some tinting in Caligari. I thought um, there might have been a little bit of tinting. I just uh, I haven't seen it. In a it's long it's time, so it's been remember. a while for me too. But we talked about Phantom of the Opera on our show. Um, there was tinting in that. Um, you know, I, I really like the tinting in, in that one. Um, the print in, in that movie, I thought I thought was quite nice. Um, you know, just some like the way like um like especially like in the Phantom's Lair in that one, um, thought was quite effective. But um yeah, I, I guess for like it, it it's definitely an interesting experience too, because again, I'm you I'm used to watching a silent movie, but for you, it's like watching a completely different I don't want to say completely different art form because it's still a movie and there's still a, a plot and all that, but the the storytelling mm-hmm is obviously extremely different because the music is constant. Whereas in a sound movie, music that's not always the case. You're not always bombarded with music because you have the dialogue and it, other sound elements. Yeah. It's it's kind of when you think about it as far as like a historical context, it's always interesting because, you know, when you watch a silent movie, you know, if if for anyone that's not familiar with like those type like older movies, you know, that's just how they would tell their stories. It's very much a visual thing, and they would throw music. Uh, they would play live music at a lot of screenings, too, because they just didn't have the capabilities to throw music into it because they didn't know how yet. And then yeah. just to kind of see how sound and image were cor- incorporated as time went on, and even just some of the tricks that people did to spice things up, like thinking of, like, George Milliez and watching Trip to the Moon, and he, like, painted whole stills. You know, like yeah. it's it's different from color tinting because he actually went back and like did that. Yeah, actually, but, like hand um, by hand. Yeah. So it's it's a bit of a different experience, but it's still and like just some of the imagination that you can get from silent because like I always attribute a silent movie to like a dream. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because like it's just literally like a sequences of images and some kind of sound, and you know it just kind of goes by fast, um, sometimes faster than other times. And it's it's sort of like I think how it kind of processes in my brain is sort of crazy because I'm like, what is happening, you know? Yeah. And so like you, because like we're so used to, especially you know, us and like most other people, just watching a movie and what what entails in it. You got dialogue, you got background music, you got images, shots, yada yada yada, and sometimes you know, depending on how the shots are done, put together, like there's your movie. But when you go back, when like the more you go back in time, the more you realize just how crazy uh, things things like you know what I mean. Just the history of it all. Yeah, it's just so interesting. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it's just it's it's absolutely insane to think about like the way they did things. Like when you think about the way they had like the um I th- again the scene where Nosferatu is coming out from below the deck of the ship, and they ha- they have to like you know sort of do like a stop motion thing of like uncover like the sheet and then the crate goes up a bit and then and then it gets back to you know resumes normal filming um you know all, all these different tricks and like you know the different like fades and dissolves um fades and dissolves that you got going and listen we got to talk about this this movie has like you know there's lots lots of stretches where i'm like okay we're watching this whatever but there are like moments where it it is just seared in your brain obviously one of those moments being this a lot of this happens towards the end of the movie, where like this is like the climax. Um, Count Orlock ascending, sh- Count Orlock's shadow ascending the stairs. 
you know, and leads mm-hmm. to, you know, sort of like you see Orlok's the shadow of Orlok's hand gripping at um, Ellen's chest and uh, it affecting her, you know. And even just thinking of how they achieved that, it was so simple as they shined a light on him and then put him off to the side and photographed his shadow. And it's so, like, and you, get, you get what's going on and um, it just looks so so damn good and there's some nice close-ups of like i think about when like nosferatu's like in the coffin and he's just like you know (laughs) his eyes are open and everything you know um of course there's like the shots of like nosferatu um or account or like walking through the doorway walking through the doorway i I think one of the most iconic and in any kind of vampire thing and this has obviously been utilized in so many other things is the, the 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 sit up if you will Mm. You know, when uh, when a vampire's in a coffin, and instead of, like, sitting up from the waist, they sit up from their feet. Yes. And they just kind of hover up. I love also when, like, and we talked about this while watching the movie, when Orlok's, like, lifting his head up after he's, like, drinking um, Ellen's blood, and he realizes, yeah. he realizes sunrise. And this is also, I think we might have mentioned that, we might have mentioned this, but, like, in like as far as like vampire movies and stuff, this was sort of the one I feel like I hear a lot of people say sort of established like because vampires are weak in the sunlight in b- before this point, but this one sort of established okay if they're in the sunlight they're toast completely kind of thing yeah because that was never really a thing with Dracula himself because there's obviously interpretation of Dracula where he's like out and about every point of the day right and as there's obviously some where he's out and about at night mostly but. You because know, there's so many, there's so many tropes of vampires, and you know, obviously people talk about like cultural implications of it, and they talk about like where vampires came from, and you know how they sort of came up in the culture, and then how like fiction sort of took over. Um, but in truth, like there was probably a point where like you only had so much information, and then like the movies came in, and books, and all types of things were like, okay, this is how we're gonna define vampires. So by the time we get to our day and age, like the 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 tropes with vampires can't go out in the daylight, garlic, holy water, silver, which you know is a either a werewolf thing and a vampire thing. It's kind of up and down. Fangs sometimes. Mm-hmm. Some some of them turn into bats. Some of them turn into bat creatures. Some of them turn into bats and wolves, and sometimes other animals. Every now and then, telekinesis is thrown in there. And sometimes you turn into a hyena because that's just <laughs> wild that we have a hyena. I remember. I, I want to mention. Uh, shout out to my uh, buddy Sam. Uh, the first time I watched this movie was with Sam, and his stepdad. His, his stepdad uh, is, is a, a horror movie guy. And he had a binder of DVD, like binder of DVDs. And Sam and I, he brought his DVD. And Sam, I, we had a sleepover, and we're like, "You want to watch Nosferatu?" Because we hear it's like one of the scariest movies ever made. And we, as like, as like twelve, like twelve year olds, we're like, "This is so stupid." And we're like, "What with the hyena? Was it easier to get a hyena? What is going on here? There's a hyena in the..." And I'm like. Uh, to this day, I'm actually baffled that that's not brought up more because that just feels like such a like shocking thing to see. I'm like, there's a hyena in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that, it just feels like such a like a choice, and I don't mean that in like a like a like a rude like negative sort of way, but it's, right. it really is like they definitely chose like 
like because was it that they had trouble finding a wolf i think it i mean listen like if you want to get like a a real wolf i think would be really hard to like train on by their standards by their like Like by their that yeah and i mean mean, again we think about like game of thrones too how they have like those those large dogs you know like for the Mm. dire wolves you know um but i guess just back then that was what they had the resources to do um you know, again, I don't like. Why know, not? Like, okay, like, okay. It makes it unique too. That's the other thing too. It's one of those things you will never forget. The hyena from Nosferatu. Like, you know what? It, it makes sense from from a certain standpoint because you know, with werewolves, obviously, you know, the first thought is a wolf. I mean, you think of, you know, it's a it's a wolf. Yes. Know? But to add sort of like a, a sort of supernaturally aspect to it, they find the most like unique looking hyena they can. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, all right, this is the werewolf. All right, go. This go. Is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty wild. But um, just to uh, wrap up this movie, um, this is a hundred years old, and obviously, happy, happy birthday, happy birthday to this movie. Its birthday was a couple months ago, I believe. But you know, ha- belated, belated. But listen, I feel like it's appropriate to talk about it during Halloween because it is a essential classic horror movie um Mm -hmm. again like it doesn't like our standards for horror now are so different from what was uh what was the norm in 1922 that people will look at this as sort of just like a quaint like sometimes we said sometimes goofy you know maybe a little slow in spots kind of movie but if you're somebody who's really interested in like the early like again movies have been going on for a long time and there were horror movies before Nosferatu and before Caligari but when you think about Caligari and Nosferatu they're some of the most influential horror or like or horror movies of the silent era and even like Nosferatu yes. was like thought to be lost for like third like a long time for decades and then when they refound it it became influential again i mean again Max Shrek, Batman uh Batman returns the char- Christopher Walken's character is Max Shrek you know, people still use the tropes that this movie sort of exhibits. Um, I do want to, there is a Roger Ebert quote that I, um, that I had pulled up. Um, always welcome. All right. So here's a great, late, great Roger Ebert, 1997 quote. Here's the story of Dracula before it was burned alive in cliches, jokes, TV skits, cartoons, and more than 30 other films. This film is in awe of its material. It really seems, it seems to really believe in vampires so like which I, you know what it makes a whole lot of sense because there's a movie that came out years later called shadow of the vampire yeah and the whole the whole point of that movie is that john malkovich is i believe he's fw murnau in the film he's, he's murnau yep and uh then you have um eddie eddie izzard playing uh the the hutter character and then the amazing and this is just perfect casting especially when when you think about it but willem dafoe is Max Shrek, but the but the gist of the story is that when they were making the movie, Max Shrek was actually a vampire. Which it's one of those things where Max Shrek he he did like t- like film and uh, stage productions, but most people I, I imagine most people have never seen him in anything else, and mm-hmm. you only imagine him like when I saw a picture of him looking like not like Nosferatu, not, not like Count Orlock, it was weird. 
and like what 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 happened to your face? Like what what's what's going what's going on here? So you okay? that, that that's probably mean to say. Sorry, uh, Mr. Uh, Max Shrek's uh, family, family, um, <laughs> Mr. You know. Max Shrek's family. <laughs> um, but like, it's one of those things where like I almost just want to believe that he was a vampire, you know, and just call it a day. That movie. That movie was a documentary. That's what it's, I'm telling you. It's a documentary. It's 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 a it's a biopic of Max Shrek. <laughs> well, you know what? They need to do that more often. Like, could you imagine, like, some biopics where they treated like characters like like some like I don't know. I think that would be kind of fun. What if Elvis was like that? Like, like he was actually like the king of rock, but he just like sat in a throne. Actually, like, <laughs> it, not that, the, like, because it's it's it, you know because obviously one of the parts is like, oh, I saw Elvis. Elvis is actually still alive. What if Elvis? was like still alive but everybody thought he's just an elvis impersonator like and that's, that's the movie. that's i'd watch there's, that. there's probably a movie or somebody's made something whatever but um richard i just want to say thank you for indulging me on this uh on this weird special presentation project i hope we can try to do this again at some point in the future this feels like a, a test if you will for whenever you start your own show Yes, uh, it's a little test of that, but also just to give give um, our very small audience just more stuff. <laughs> it's the one person. This is a handful of people. <laughs> you know, it might. This also might be useful. Might be also useful if there's like a new movie that we want to talk about too, um, and we don't have a double feature for it immediately. But anyway, um, you know, we're on. If folks, this is normally we are two dudes, one double feature. Where we talk about two films uh, every week if you made it this far and uh you know so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is this this is know what the funny thing was yeah i'm looking at the timer on this and granted this will be cut down significantly because we had two interruptions um not that you know there's nothing wrong with that it's just what happens um but uh i'm looking at it and we're almost an hour in and i almost (laughs) i almost want to get another 20 minutes in Or like another ten minutes in, just to, oh. just to be like, okay, we're waiting ten minutes to stay an hour. <laughs> no, but, I, th- no this... I think it'd be it'd be nice to just have like a forty something minute uh, episode, <laughs> if that much. Um, were you gonna say something? I was gonna say like, you know, this was weird, but I had I had a good time. It's it's fun to just do things differently. Sometimes I'm always down for it. Yeah, I and mean... you know, I. I I do. I had a feeling, to a certain degree, that this was going to happen because I because I was just like, I I didn't. It wasn't like immediately like thinking, oh, he's going to message me and say, hey, what do you think about recording after we just watched the movie? And I'm like, I feel like part of me just kind of was like, yeah, this. I I figured this was going to happen, but you know what? I had a good time. Talked about a movie. Um. And, uh, you know, I, 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 as, as you've done for me in the past, for you, I, I indulge your, I, I, I feed your, your, your addictions to old movies. <laughs> Thank you. I, pr- I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I think this is a good, a good bonus episode for, for this month. Um, especially cause normally, well, like last two years we had like five double features and we're only going to have four this October. So I feel like this is a nice little like make up sort of that, you know, make up the difference. Uh, folks, what are your favorite like vampire movies? What's your favorite FW Murnau movie? 
Uh, do you believe Max Shrek was actually a vampire? Um, yes. All of this, uh, you can message us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, it's going to wrap it up. It's going to wrap it up for this special presentation of the Two Dudes, One Double Feature podcast. Check us out whenever we post another one of these things. Have a good night, but stay safe. You never know what might be lurking out there. Because, Richard, remember, there are such things as vampires. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. That's just so silly.